Hey, this is Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder. Welcome to the Essential Sessions, the place to sense your fire, to share the flame. If you haven't subscribed already to this podcast, please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up. So today we have a very special guest. This is Eve Berkovic. She is a business coach for business coaches and she helps them sign up their 5k clients. So welcome Eve, such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. And I also work with all types of coaches, by the way, so not just business coaches, but yeah, really excited to be here. I know we had been connected when I did a live on Instagram, I think a few weeks ago, and we had a really fun conversation. It was really great to have you there. So I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, we had a great time and I became very curious on on your background and what what made you become a, a coach and yeah like what happened that made you like develop your unique style of coaching and communicating that is for me very inspiring in in the way that in the sense that um i i feel that you enjoy what you're doing and that you transmit that is important like to have the this pleasure in what you're doing and it's not just the hustle and like this pre pressure but it's like um i don't know i i like your style because of that so tell us about you your story and your your way of of doing this yeah absolutely so I think the main driver of my work is teaching people that they can make money and make a career out of doing what they love. Because looking back, I think that was the most limiting belief of my life before I became a coach is I had believed that if you enjoy something, you can't make money doing it. Like to me, that was like too good to be true. Yes. And coaching really was the first time that I experienced the, like, the fun of doing something that I was passionate about and also making good money doing it. So my background was, um, I was a really good girl growing up, right? I went to school, got great grades, and I thought I would go into going to medical school or some other respectable profession. <laughs> and that was when I believed that you had to work really hard for money. You had to work really hard and do something that you didn't like for money. Like that was the only way. And only after college did I realize, you know, not no longer being in that academic bubble that you can actually become an entrepreneur. And I had already been doing business on my own. I had, you know, side gigs. I had grown a successful tutoring business online. So I knew how to make money online. I knew how to sell services. And none of my attempts to get a full-time regular person job really succeeded. So um, all the while I was really interested in personal development, spirituality, all of that stuff helped me start to realize that you can 
do what you're passionate about as a career and actually make the best money because your pleasure and your excitement and passion about what you're doing is the same energy that fuels the creation of wealth. So coaching really showed me that. And I started out as a money mindset coach, helped a lot of other coaches who already had great strategies, just flip their subconscious minds to actually allow those strategies to work. And then I ultimately ended up where I am today, where I'm a business coach, still teaching those money mindset and energetic principles, but also adding in the strategy as well. So yeah, that's my big story. Loving it. You said something key that we, we often feel that if we're doing something that we enjoy, something that is pleasurable, there's no way we could be making money out of it. And in actuality, we need to make the, the mind shift to focus precisely on doing what, what we enjoy and what we like, because that will provide the energy to do it and, and perform in a top level. So I want to ask you a bit more about your story. Like if you could backtrack, like can, can you point the moment where that belief installed in yourself that if you wanted to make a living out of something, you, you had to like not enjoy it. Can you remember that? I am very curious. Remember, do you mean a moment where I, uh -huh. where the belief was installed that I had to make money doing something I didn't enjoy or yeah. that I did enjoy? Yeah, you didn't. Because you mentioned that you were a that very good student and that you were uh, right, right. into medical school, which is super hardcore. And yeah, like how did that belief um, installed in yourself? Like, because maybe that would hint our our audience myself even to to pinpoint where where that belief got installed in us yeah that's a really good question and i believe this was one of my most foundational beliefs that was directly transferred from my parents like this is one of those that really got programmed into me by expectations from my primary caregivers right like and that's how most of our limiting beliefs that we're programmed with are given to us either through parent figures or through school or any other adults around us because as kids we don't have direction we don't know what we're doing we're brand new humans and we have to rely on the people providing our basic needs for our beliefs right so at this point, to me, I'm getting, you know, my background is I was born in Ukraine. I moved to the U.S. with my parents when I was about four years old. So my parents have this very, like, Soviet Union-esque mentality of pessimism and trauma. And basically, especially from my mom's um, side, and this is, you know, I don't blame them for this. Of course they have these beliefs. This is the type of chaos that they grew up in and that was the evidence they had but I was then passed you know those beliefs passed down to me and then I was also responsible for holding them but I didn't have that traumatic experience of living in the Soviet mm -hmm. Union right 
So that's where the confusion comes in is like, okay, why do my, why am I so sad? And why am I so pessimistic as people around me in the U S are, have these other values of land of opportunity, like anyone can do anything. Right. And these of course are like not completely true. Like in all, in pretty much the entire world, there's inequalities and, and, struggles that don't let people do instantly what they want to do but it was kind of that first um dance into maybe there's a different way of doing things and maybe there's like a different outlook right so it took me a while to get there but that's why i think only out of college should i even start going there because you get to college and i'm still performing under what i think my parents want me to do and now i have professors who are taking me at my word that yeah i want to be a doctor so bad that's my passion i love medicine yeah you know i'm like trying to i had done such a good job convincing myself that i had wanted to do it that i had convinced everyone else around me too so just that i think it leads ultimately to a point of burnout though and that was what you know, that's good transition too. of like what changed is the burnout was like, wow, I, I'm the only person that has to live my life. And yet I'm living it for everyone else instead of doing what I want. And it just didn't seem fair. And I was no longer tolerating it as an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You said something very important that you realized you were responsible for holding that beliefs and, and you reflect like, why were you so sad? And why were you so pessimistic? And that you had to, like, you were so convinced that that was what you wanted and your dream that you convinced everyone around you. So, like, your your own environment was, con like, bias confirming that you wanted what you actually didn't want. But... I mean, like, it's a huge responsibility to to claim the decision to go into medical school. Like, you need to have, like, excellent grades to start with. And that's not, not something you work in one semester. But it, it, it's like, it talks about your, your A-plus trajectory, like, to even considering that you have a possibility entering medical school not even like the medical like professional arena so like how did you dare like from from where did you find like like I don't know if it was the courage or like the determination or simply like like yeah how how did you decided or face that through and how did you communicate to the world that that wasn't what you wanted how did that happen so you mean how did i like change from going towards medical school towards what yeah, i actually yeah, am exactly. doing now uh-huh and what did you tell your aunts I on think, christmas yeah, it was... oh right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, I still remember the day that I called my mom in my junior year, my third year of college, and told her, like, mom, I don't think I want to go to medical school. Like, I don't want to do this. 
it was that semester that I had taken a class. I started taking a class like behavioral neuroscience and I had gotten a 40% on the test. And I was like, this is not happening. Like I was a very smart person, obviously, like you said, like I'm, and this is something that I think is a benefit to me and, you know, not limiting beliefs and not all beliefs that come from trauma are necessarily ones that keep you back. Like at the same time that I had that traumatic upbringing of, or like, you know, these are the beliefs that come from a very difficult life. I was also instilled with the beliefs that I am generally a very smart person, that I am very resourceful, that I know how to get things done. And that continues to serve me to this day. But the only thing missing was the direction of where I was putting that energy, right? I knew that it wasn't going to be towards med school because A, I can't even get more than 40% on these exams. Like this is just the end. My, my brain is like shutting down. I don't want to learn science anymore. Even though I'm good at it, I just have had run out of the energy. Like there, there was no passion, there was no actual pleasure. I didn't care about molecules and neuroscience and all these things in this way. Um, and so really the transition came from just owning that if I were to continue down that path, I might not even like make it. Like I had, you know, to go, you know, it was pretty dark. I had been reading articles about people who were in medical school and graduate graduate school, literally committing suicide because they were so burned out and so depressed. And I was like, knowing I had a history of like mental health struggles, I was like, I can't put myself there and have the same fate so ultimately like I I just created my own identity and I I didn't have aunts at Christmas to tell you know I was really lucky that I didn't have too much of a too many people watching over me like yeah you know I have family who care about me and everything but ultimately I realized as well that a lot of the expectations I had been projecting from my parents had just been my own, right? Mm -hmm. And that I was allowed to release that as well. And so I stopped believing that people were trying to get me to do other things that I, then from what, what I wanted to do. And I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna take control. Like I'm an adult, I'm a grown up now. <laughs> I can do what's actually, what's actually aligned with my interests and my passion passions and I was relentless I was like I'm going to figure this out and I did <laughs> yeah and here we are and you did it bam here like, we are <laughs> here we are <laughs> yeah uh I I am like even a little bit shaky because I can relate with what you say that you were so so burned out that you had to ask yourself if that thing that you were so good at was really what you wanted because like the body doesn't lie like if you're burned out that's a fact that that's a medical fact like you can check your levels and etc and and that's when what you mentioned earlier comes in that that's why you need to devote your life and work on something that you like and that is pleasurable to you because 
if you're doing what you love, as hard work as it can be, or disorganized as it can be in, in the beginning or you're facing problems, if if there's pleasure, if if the essence of of that endeavor is is the pleasure on doing it, that will fool you to go ahead, just as as what happened on your journey that brought you here. Like you quit the the decision on going into medical school, and you made that radical career shift, coaching. And I mean, those are like two completely like from hard core science to business, entrepreneurship and human relations. Like, I mean, it must have taken a lot of practical actions and confidence and like a lot of hard effort building a, a new structure, a new life. And, and a new identity and I am fascinating on, on on realizing with such clarity in your story that it was like this pleasure and, and dissatisfaction on going for something that made you feel alive that brought you here so I am I am wondering like what is the biggest challenge that you see in your clients when they are faced with, with the decision that you took? Like what what is what are their excuses or their blind spot or what is keeping like most people from from doing like that step and saying like no, how I feel is important. I don't want to commit suicide doing something that I am excellent at and I have for sure I could find like security, a house, a car, a husband, a boat, vacations, whatever on that way, but it would lead me to burnout and suicide. As, as much risk recognition and applause I could get, like, because I mean, it's hard, like just, just letting go your expectations. So yeah, like, like, what do you see that is most challenging for your clients? And what have you seen that helps them like make that little shift or huge shift? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my clients who start working with me are in this interesting place where they have on some level decided to pursue their passion right? Like people who go into coaching go into it normally because they love doing it and they really care about this work. And so the toughest challenge really is believing that they are worthy of this career and believing that it is possible for them to create abundance doing this. Because on some level, yes, they do believe possible, like they've hired me, right? They're out there on social media. They maybe even have signed some clients already. But, and this is really the toughest thing for me in the beginning of my coaching journey is it's not like you 
your coaching shop and people come in right like the first day and you're making 5k 10k months the first day that you try it is like a business it's something that you have to build and you have to build a brand and you have to be consistent and you have to be visible in ways that most people are not comfortable being visible like there is so much that goes into creating a successful career as a coach that goes against what we're taught as like the values of um, the more traditional routes. I have a lot of clients who can't get out of that academic mindset and just constantly overcomplicate everything where it's, it's very like marketing <laughs> on social media is very different from writing an academic paper, but a lot of them still struggle with that shift or they may struggle with just an overall identity shift of like they actually can do this right and that's why the long-term coaching is so important right like i can teach anybody the strategies to sign high ticket clients and make a month as a coach and i do that like i run free events and people see results like in my five-day free events but the long-term work is where we actually shift their identity and get them out of these habits of doubting every time something looks like it's not going their way or like self-sabotaging when they're triggered, right? Like entrepreneurship is very triggering. It's going to bring up all of your wounds. And that's why the coaching is so important. And this is what really helped me. Like, I would not be where I am today without mentors because like where would I have calibrated to, it was like a completely new experience, right? And there really isn't a degree you can get to be a good coach. Like you can get certified, then you can get, go into business programs, but there's not this formal structure of like, do this for four years and you'll have a bachelor's degree in being a coach. Um, so you have to go out there and you have to find the people who are doing what you want to be doing and like pay the money to be in their world and learn from them and to put in that work to create your new reality, right? I think a lot of clients and just people in my audience, people I meet really struggle with not seeing their past experiences as the ceiling for what's possible for them in the future. And it really comes down to this at the root like for the most part is, you know, I have clients who work with me and they still come into the session and they're like, well, this is how it went for me in the past. So that means I can't have it like this. And I'm like, the whole point of, of the coaching is for us to step into a new reality, step into something that's going to be unfamiliar, but ultimately going to be more aligned with what you actually want, right? So I think that's the hardest part for everyone. And I catch myself in these struggles still. I think it's going to be an ever evolving thing for everyone to, because we're always going to keep growing. There's always going to be a next level. There's always going to be the next thing that we want to do. And the unfamiliarity of it is going to be scary, right? And like, that's the hardest part, I would say. Yeah. The unfamiliarity and the uncertainty of stepping into a new and pleasurable reality because you don't feel or you don't think you're deserving of it. I think especially women, we, we deal a lot with the sense of deserving of, of pleasure. So would you give us just one little tip like to have a torch 
and remember like we are deserving as uh yeah as we yeah. go along on, on our process mm -hmm. yeah i was just thinking about what we did in my latest free event that i feel helped a lot of people and this is just a visualization that you can do at any point but um, and you can do this, you know, in a longer period of time with all the appropriate you need to do. But what I tell my clients is, you know, to go into a meditative state, anytime you're, anytime you're really feeling like those charged emotions of I can't do this, or this is too hard, or like, this new thing is scary, go into your meditative state, take your deep breaths, and decide that from here, you're going to enter through the portal of limitless possibility. So what you do is you visualize a box, like literally imagine a box. And what you're going to do is take out, like with, you can even use your hands, like take out of your body, every limiting belief, every feeling, every, and just put it in the box, right? Like literally just extract it out of you. And you don't have to like identify what the thoughts are necessarily, but if you can just even picture like I'm setting aside everything that limits me and I'm putting it in this box and it's going to be safe in the box. Like we can come back to it. We can always come back to our old limiting beliefs, but it's not going to come with us across the portal. Right. And so then I tell my clients, like, imagine like taking your hands and literally opening the fabric of space, like right in front of you with your eyes closed, open that up and imagine you're creating this portal. And on the other side, when you step through, on the other side is you're on the portal of limitless possibility. So this is a, it looks exactly the same, right? Like it, like the furniture is still here. You're still in your house, but here your limiting beliefs and your past experiences are no longer the ceiling of what is possible for you. Like this is limitless possibility and you're responsible for acting and thinking and believing and feeling in a way that aligns with limitless possibility instead of what you've experienced in the past. And that's what creates really quick results when people work with me is they, you know, they might bring up a doubt and I'm like, you forgot to put that in the box before you step through the portal, like go back, put it in the box. Like, right. I just don't even like, I just tell people don't even go there. Right. You left that in the box. So of course, you're going to stay stuck if you're thinking about the past and the failures of the past and what didn't work, right? And it's just this very simple act of stepping through the portal and deciding you're not going to do things the old way anymore. I think that's that's yeah. really what I come back to. And every moment that I'm doubting, I'm like, wait, that's not aligned. That's I should have left that behind. Let me step back through. Sometimes yeah. we pretend we step through the portal, but we really didn't. We're still in the past. So if you fall out, just get right back in, right? If you fall out, just get back in. Love it. Love this practice of yeah. putting, leaving everything behind in the box. And like, if you really need it, you know where it is, but you also know like the consequences. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, stepping into the, the land of endless possibilities. And would you share with us your... I don't know, your website, your Instagram, so we, the sensualists, can check your work and ask you to help us walk the land of infinite possibilities and live a life of pleasure, satisfaction, and abundance. 
Absolutely. So my Instagram is where I'm mainly at. That's eve.burko, E-V-E dot B-E-R-K-O. And that's where I mainly hang out. I'm also on TikTok with the same username, but I'm not super good at TikTok yet. So don't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so go visit eve.burko at Instagram. She posts very, very inspiring things and like yeah go check out her her instagram and contact her to get coached to the lands of endless possibilities and delight thank you eve such pleasure to have you here thank you so much for having me this was so much fun and thank you Sensualist, for being here at the Sensual sessions podcast if you haven't subscribed already, please go to centraldepoder.com and get yourself signed up to get these episodes weekly on your email. Until next time, remember to sense your fire and share the flame.